Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, welcome along to another Experts Podcast. My name's Nick Hayes, Managing Director of Media Stable, and I have Lana Hill, who happens to be an expert, an expert. Well, you were a small business expert at one point, too, and you a small business coach. Yeah. What else did you used to do? You used to be a, a, a PT trainer. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. Yeah. I was. That yeah. was my first foray into small business. Yeah. True story, Nikkei. Good memory. Yeah, you know, well, you sort of, well, you've come up from those experts and now you're a broadcaster. <laughs> Love it. And the Experts Podcast wouldn't be the Experts Podcast if we didn't have experts in front of us. And uh, this one's pretty cool, Lana Hill. I know. This one's pretty cool because uh, very diverse and also two very similar sort of backgrounds, both of you. Her name's Nicole Jenkins. She's from the Hub Marketing and she also happens to be the president of the CCIWA. Welcome, Nicole. Talk it up, Nick. Love it. <laughs> this is, this is what when, I, when I want to boost, I'm just coming to your place. Well, you, you, don't, you, you don't. You actually call me when you want to boost. I, I know true. I know it when you want a little bit of a fire up. She gives me a call. Yep. She gives me a call and she says, I just want to get myself reframed, repitched again. Love that. Yeah. No, you've got to have people like that in, you your, in your life. And, mm. it, and it does work. Nicole, welcome to the Experts Podcast. Really, Thanks. really wrapped to have you because you do have quite a diverse range of expertise. It's not just sitting in... In your business, it's sitting also to you're very proactive in pushing yourself into places where you are a support and you are an expert in different spaces. Talk us to us about CCIWA, obviously, as the prez. The prez, mm. <laughs> I feel like we've got royalty in front of us. <laughs> so, how, talk us a little bit about that. How's, how's that going for you? I mean, does that, as a president of a, a very large um, organization that is all about business? Um, how does that work for you? So, for those that don't know, CCI stands for the Chamber of Commerce and Industry in well WA. Yeah. Jeez, it just, what's just like me to use jargon <laughs> and, and use slang? Yeah. Um, it's great. I, I really, I'm, I'm very. I know this sounds weird, but I am very honoured to be elected the president. Um, I'm in my first year, yeah. um, so. You know, COVID nineteen dropping into my first year and the organisation really um, changing the way that it operates internally during this time has been daunting at first and then I, I've, I've actually gone, you know what, this is really cool because yeah. the organisation's killing it as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I think they've provided real leadership not just to members but also non-members, just the business community sure. on how to get through this. And I couldn't be prouder and I kind of – I'm living off all the good work that they're doing. I think it's fantastic. No, you're doing an, an amazing job. And, and can I just say – and I, I'm allowed to say you're not allowed to. I, I think the perception of CCI in the past has been a little bit stiff, um, a little bit more centred towards or directed towards the big players in town, where I think during this COVID-19 and very impressive to see CCI um, looking after small and big business alike. I think we've always had the heart of small business – but I think what this 
does is it provides a real tangible opportunity to actually show and demonstrate to people the value that CCI can bring to the table for all business, small Mm. and large. I mean, more than 90%, um, I think it's actually around 95% of our members are small to medium-sized enterprises, which a lot of people are surprised about. Um, So we represent such a large cohort. We've got more than 8,000 members throughout the entire state, regional and metro. So, yeah, it's it's really exciting and I love – I kind of – I think, um, you know, people ask me why am I a member and I've been a a long-term member – I kind of think, well, it's my responsibility as a business owner to ensure we have a business voice, which is why I'm a member. And if I'm not, then there's a good chance that someone else may not be, which means it dilutes our power in the marketplace. All right. Well, that's enough about CCIWA (laughs) because that's not what this this podcast is about. This is about you as an expert. And and you've been doing a little bit of media. You've been doing quite a little bit. And one thing I want to bring to your attention, and Lana, you've been listening to to Nicole on Gareth Parker's 6PR uh, morning program. Obviously, it has come off the boil just recently, but Mm. I loved the contribution that you made because you do represent small business. You're a small business owner yourself how important is that to to be able to deliver that content and that information that you give as a small business owner around small business you know someone said to me the other day people just don't understand if they're not a small business owner they just don't get it and I my response to that is well actually um, sure but it's my responsibility to make sure that they do get it yeah um, not everyone is going to be a small business owner but it's my responsibility to share the kinds of things and the decisions and the stress and also the absolute rewards mm. of being a, a small business owner and so I take it as that's my job that's part of what I do on a daily basis is to let people know not just the value that they contribute, but the heart and soul every small business makes to a community. What's media been to you? What, what has it been, what has it done for you and your business? Um, I think it's it's amazing because, so for example, when I was with Gareth on morning 6PR, um, you kind of forget that people might be listening and then occasionally, you know. Don't worry, Gareth. <laughs> well, you kind of, you feel like, I'm just having a chat with Gareth. This is all good. It's just nice. And and then we get the talk back and it reminds you that people are listening. And then you get the emails afterwards going, oh, I really thought this was important and, and you know, yada, yada. And, and you kind of go, huh, that's that's actually really cool. So, I, I mean, I do it, yes, I do it for promotion of, of the business, yeah. but I do it because I really love it and I enjoy it and I think that it does contribute to our society and that's actually what drives me more than anything else. Now, Lana, that's, I just heard the magic words, I do it because I love it and I enjoy it. I mean, isn't that just one of the most important aspects and, 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 and motivators to do good media? Always, yeah. With many of the experts who've interviewed on the podcast, they all say the same thing. But I think that's as true, Nicole, for small business as it is for media. You know, as you say, the challenges and, you know, particularly in these times being a small business owner, I was one for for five, six years. Um, But the reward and, you know, the way that your face lights up when you talk about it is, uh, is awesome. And I think, yeah, that you can provide that reassurance and that guidance for small business owners. It makes up such a massive chunk of Australians' business in general. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're the owner, it's very isolating. Mm. You feel a lot, a lot 
by yourself? Um, who do you talk to? I always tell people you've got to have a crew. You know, Nick is part of my crew of, of people that I talk to and go, hey, what do you think about this? I'm mm. thinking this. And Nick goes, mate, come on, let's let's <laughs> let's bring it down a little bit. Let's be a bit more real. Really? Come on. I think we could do this. You'd be surprised how often I have to have this conversation that, with her. That does sound a bit like the case, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, come on. I think you need to, you know. Uh, so I think that um, – by sharing your thoughts, um, you you then feel less isolated. And you know, people say to me, um, "Well, why are you so, why are you a small business owner? It's so stressful." And I kind of go, "Well, you know what? I actually found being an employee more stressful. It's just different stresses. It is. Yeah. Um, so you just got to remind yourself at this point in this tough time, you have to remind yourself the why. Why did you become a small business owner? What do you love? And remember back, oh, remember when we won that? How awesome was that? And that'll reinvigorate you. Absolutely. Nicole, I think your voice, as in being the voice of small business, is more important now than it's ever been because the impact on small business has arguably been, you know, far worse than than the impact on on large business. But I would also say that there are only quite limited voices of small business in the media nationally. Mm. Is is it a space you really want to dive into a bit more? I mean, I think there's plenty of opportunity for you there. Yeah, I, I guess it comes down to time, um, probably also having courage. Um, you know, being, being on the media is a serious responsibility. Mm. I love having a bit of fun. Um, and then sometimes I reflect and go, hmm, was that the right thing to say? I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. Then I ring Nick and go, you know, I said this. And he'll go, yeah, it's fine. You did well. <laughs> it's all about personality. And, and, but it is, it does take courage. You've got to be confident, but you also have to be accurate. You've got to have mm. the information. And I'm fortunate that Everything that I try and say, I build it on evidence. So, you know, this week I was on with Gareth talking about small business and and kind of where where is everything at. Well, you know, I spoke to my local coffee um, shop owner on the way to doing the interview. I spoke to the CEO of the Regional Chambers of Commerce who has the heartbeat of mm. regional businesses, which I think is really important. Amazing, yeah. And and got some stats based on the surveys of what their business owners are saying. So I think it's it's really important to bring the heart and soul, but also being a market researcher, I, I do like stats to back up what I'm saying. So it's not just my opinion, it's actually based in evidence. That's what. I, that's a great segue to my next question. In that you do run a marketing business, a very successful one here in Western Australia, and and it's something there that uh, media, I dare say, is part of your marketing strategy. Yep. Um, it's Absolutely. just part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got lots of other different options that are in there to raise profile, advertising, SEO, all of those kind of things. But how has media helped you? become a better marketer or better yet, better known marketer? Well, I started in media. So originally um, I started in PR. I did a lot of, um, so I I wrote a, I was chief reporter for a sport lift out for the Courier Mail. Wow. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, because I kind of say yes and then afterwards go, huh. Um, but that's what you've that's, got to do. That's pretty big. Uh, and, and the responsibility of getting it right and, and all of that right? Sort of stuff. Did I get that right? Sports journal. 
I was. You're a sports student. Well, uh, that's where I started. Yeah. My my love was sport, yeah. and I grew up in surf life saving as a yeah. lifesaver um, at city of Perth, down at City Beach. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's where I started. And um, my first job um, when I was 21, I hadn't even finished uni, and it was kind of like my dream job was to be the media and communications manager for Surf Life Saving Queensland because it's it's big over there. It's huge. It is huge. Good beaches too. Good beaches. Yeah. So I got the – I applied, the position came up, I was 21, I did an interview over the phone for like five minutes and the then CEO rang, you know, rang me back and said, you know, come on over. And pack I went, okay, bags. Should, I, should I pack for a couple of weeks? And he went, no, no, pack to stay. And How I went, good's that? Alrighty. So I went over there um, and spent four years in the role, got burnt out um, yeah. because what, you're on time call. on the sand? Too much time on the sand? <laughs> it's, it's hard <laughs> working. Good pun then, it's got to be difficult. It's, it's hard working around athletes and lifesavers and I'm saying yeah, that's really so tongue-in-cheek. Tongue tough, in cheek. tough It's just, it's really hard. No, the, the hard bit was actually, you know, I'd get calls at 3am where, you know, someone's drowned um, oh, of course. And and I was the point of contact. And my first sort of foray into radio, funnily enough, was with the ABC in Queensland. And I used to do the weekly surf report oh. on Fridays oh. before before the weekend, you like where to swim. Most, the most important segment of the day. It was, it was, it was, we, was had, <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Um, and I always used to sign off. And don't forget, swim between the red and yellow flags. <laughs> and when I when I left Queensland um, after nine years, they held a little. They did a little segment, and they pieced together all of these. And don't forget, swim between the red and yellow flags. It was hilarious. That's gold. But that's where I started loving radio in particular. And um, uh, you know, my love for media and the impact that it can have for your business has always remained well ladies and gentlemen and lana that that uh, that's your backstory that's, that's a cracking story <laughs> that's a cracking backstory and you know what that sort of it doesn't surprise me this and this is the first time i've heard it in how long i've known you uh is 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 always a surprise but it's 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 also why i think you connect so well in on radio i think radio would radio be your favorite medium oh absolutely yeah, yeah. i i'm i love writing and i do consider myself a writer but I do like radio. I like I like talking, and yeah. I think it's a real connector. And I think radio is is kind of the heart and soul of how you can connect and really. Um, I've always considered radio as making friends with people. Uh, I think oh, that is the medium. That is um, gold. So it's it's yeah, it's, it is a real favourite of mine. Look, I, I love that. And Lana, this is this is exactly it. It's, it's sort of when you just have these little chats, these experts chats, you find out the background of what's going on. And you you also work out very clearly now why someone sort of, you were like a duck to water to it, Nicole, to, to radio. And I had no idea why, other than, you're, you know, you're a great person and all that good stuff. Oh, but you've obviously thanks, got Nick. good <laughs> experience doing it. But a lot of people don't have this kind of experience or, or backstory that you have. Um, Lana, how important is that to go away and, and and really um, find that inner backstory. Find that uh, that story that comes out to what motivates you, what drives you to be uh, doing what you do. Yeah, f- finding that reason to connect to it. I think no matter whether it's TV, radio, print, you know, you've got to you've got to plug into what you know excites you about it. But I love what you said, Nicole, about the reasons why you love 
that medium um, because I think, yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, whether they're experts or aspiring experts, they do have their favourite. i got to say, when I joined Media Stable, you know, when I was a, a, a small, small business, business coach, <laughs> small business coach um, I went in thinking I wanted to do TV, but I fell head over heels in love with radio as well for exactly the same well, reason. Partly because you got your first radio gig and it was a paid gig. That must, well, have, been, that yeah. must have also helped. That was good cricket. Wait up, wait up, wait up, Nick Hayes. Nick Hayes is how that happened. There's a, there's a very small pool of money out there for radio uh, gigs and you've got to dive yeah, in deep and, yes. uh, and hope that you well, get I'm it. a lifesaver. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about some of your projects that you've worked on, and, and we've been fortunate to work on a on a project uh, together, the the Sheep Collective, and you you won an award, you won the Pinnacle Awards, and I think you might have also wrote the award, um, but I won't yes, say that I out loud. Okay. <laughs> Shh, don't just, tell anyone. <laughs> just the the idea of running, particularly a marketing campaign that was integrated across all different kinds of media and different platforms there. How, how important, I, I want to stick to the media side of it, being that this is all about media, how important was the media element to that particular campaign? And if you're not aware of the campaign, Sheep Collective, look it up, um, really changed the way that the conversation has been had around live animal export. Yeah. Uh, I think media, so I view media as an integral part of telling the story. You firstly have to have the story um, and you have to work out what that story actually is and how you're going to resonate with the various audiences and working out who is your audience. I think that's absolutely critical. And then media is definitely a really important um, channel to use. Uh, I, I always think of, you know, radio, you make friends. TV, you show the emotion, and print is you educate because yeah. it's it's there's more usually more opportunity to say more things. And you're reading, you're concentrating. Yeah, you've got a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So, I think because it covered all of those mediums, and we were also able to use all of that content um, on social media channels as well, it also provided a third party kind of endorsement of what is happening um, yep. from an independent perspective. Media view this, they take our side, they take the other side, they take all different perspectives as they should. Mm. And I guess I approach media and, and how I advised the client was, you know, yes, they're going to talk about the history. They're going to talk about what happened. Of course they will. And so they should because it did happen. What we want is a chance to tell our story. It's to be, to be able to have that opportunity to say what what has done what has been done, what is going to happen in the future, and the difference that it, that is going to make. And and media were in, integral as as part of that pro, um, proposition. So, just on live animal export, there'll be listeners here that are very you know pro animal and and let's not be I'm very pro animal yeah I, me too I, we all we all I've do. got a res <laughs> I've got a rescue dog I'm, I'm, I'm pro animal I've, I've yeah. got a rescue kitten <laughs> but I think when you're talking live export it's such a, an emotional and also yes. to um, div- divisive yep. topic and discussion how did you cope with that because you just mentioned yes they're going to bring up all the negative stories and you're right they have to mm. because otherwise you don't actually have a story without yeah. it. Everyone was devastated yeah. about what had happened. 
everybody, the industry, farmers, truck drivers, the public, everyone was devastated. And I think everyone was invested for that to not occur again, yep. which is why there's been such significant change in the industry. I mean, it's it's one of the most highly regulated industries yep. mm. in Australia. Um, the fact that when they sell a sheep, they still own a sheep when it is in market in another in a foreign country, yep. right up until processing. That that does not. What other product do you know of that gets sold overseas and the person that uh, is responsible for it <laughs> still. is still responsible for it? Yeah. You That's know that fascinating. It, it's 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 huge. And um, the reason why I chose to get involved because. Um, my business is of a size that I'm fortunate that I can um, pick and choose and I choose projects that I um, believe in and I believe that they're genuinely making a difference Mm. or they're committed or I believe in the CEO. Um, That's really what it comes down to. And I, my family comes from a farming background. I have a farmer in my family still who, who used to breed sheep. My husband is a farmer, I'm ex-farmer, a, sheep hey, farmer. Hey, Lana, hey, Lana, I'm <laughs> sensing another backstory. <laughs> I'm just sensing another one. I don't mind a lamb chop on the barbie either. Um, but uh, so I guess I came uh, to the project uh, ready to be convinced but when I read and saw and experienced, you know, I went on a ship at the at the start of the project, had a look. Um, to me, it was an easy story to actually share because of the difference that they had made. Oh, look, love that, Lana. It's 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 important to have a, an invested interest. But I I also just want to just pull back on this, just on contentious issues for experts, whether to challenge them mm. or not to, to take them on. Should you go down that particular path? Because I think sometimes it is risky and, and people feel that they could be thrown around or thrown into the dark. Because I'll, I'll come back to this question on for, for you, Nicole, the reaction that you got yep. from, from people that probably weren't too happy with what you were doing. But yes. contentious issues, Lana, I mean – should experts take them on? Should they take on something that either they know that there's going to be some fallback? There's going to be people out there throwing bricks and stones at them. It's an interesting question. I I think you've got to be careful that it's not just uh, 100% opinion. I think if you've got an opposing view and it is slightly controversial, it's got to be backed by something. Yep. That was what was so beautiful about the story that was told with um, with the project. And can I just say here, it's one of the best examples I've ever seen of collaboration between the Hub, Media Stable and Lush. Mm. And, it, and the piece, mm. the, the pieces were absolutely spine-tingling. Um, well, it was an award-winning exercise it was. there, Lana. I mean, look, <laughs> I just want to make a bit of a point of that. <laughs> It is a good a good example of uh, three different oh, agencies coming together, and, yes. and in some aspects competing. You yeah. know, so the the way that the the way that it all came together was beautiful. But yeah, Nick, I think in terms of controversy, the the opportunity exists to present an opposing point of view, but it's got to be it's got to be grounded in in something really credible because otherwise it can just come across as stirring stirring the pot for the sake of it. And the fact, Nicole, you had vested interest, you you spoke with authority, you believed in it, you went and investigated it, you you believed in it. And I think you've got to have that belief and be authentic about 
whether you really believe this or not, or whether you're just sidling up for the cash. Yeah. And you can tell the difference between two, one that's sidling up for the cash and one's sidling up. Talk to me, Nicole, about the reaction that you got, particularly in social media, because they can get a little mean on social media. Yes, that can happen. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I always base it on a third are not going to believe you. They're yeah. not going to like anything that you say. Yeah. A, a third are going to be on the fence um, and probably just aren't informed and a third are going to love everything that you say. That's that's the basis of... Love that. And, and you just have to work out what section that person... Can I just stick with the later third? <laughs> I just stick with that, that, that love you? Yeah, I, I just like that He's third. in you, crew. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I guess, uh, firstly, you need to determine which part they are and you can quite quickly work out by having a look at their back history yeah. how they work on social media um but from my perspective and and I know some people don't feel this way but um I believe if something is incorrect factually incorrect you point them in the right direction in regards to what the actual facts are yeah mm. you shouldn't let that go yeah. because that's that Otherwise, it just feeds misinformation yeah. um, and, and you know, incorrect information. Um, so I see it as when I was dealing with the um, social media uh, stuff for that and responding, I would keep it very factual. I would also have a lot of empathy and I do have empathy for people who just don't believe in it. Yep. That's okay. That is your prerogative. You cannot believe in it. You cannot believe anything that, that is being said. That's okay. But it doesn't mean that you have to be disrespectful. Exactly. It doesn't mean that you have to react the way that you do. You have your opinion. We'll have ours. We will provide evidence and facts we keep the conversation very respectful on all time at all times, and at some points you kind of just have to go. I think we'll just agree to disagree in part ways. <laughs> Sometimes you have to burn the bridges to keep the nutters out. <laughs> you know, that's that's my little favourite saying. If they're not prepared to walk the bridge and at least even meet us halfway, it's it's time to just go. You know what? It's it's okay. You have your opinion. We'll continue on. Well, I think that's a difference, a key difference, though, between traditional media and social media. Social media does get really disrespectful often. Well, because there's no filter. Exactly. Yeah. But traditional media, because there's a discipline, generally, not all the time, but generally will present, you know, discussions and topics of interest. People don't have to agree, but because of the discipline of the way the information is presented, it, it, it usually is based in fact. I, I find it... Um it's it's weird that um, people disagree uh, in such a disrespectful way. I, I get, you know, we are humans. We will all disagree. I'm sure the three of us can find a topic that we all disagree on, but we can have a respectful, professional conversation. I find it amazing that people uh, online have uh, such a... Uh, such a rude and unprofessional way of communicating um, and, you know, being quite judgmental as well. And, you know, I, I there was a tweet a couple of days ago that continually plays on my mind about someone calling whoever uh, Luddites um, oh, in wow. regards to uh, the latest COVID safe app 
um, and oh, and wow. please download it because it's it's really important. But yeah. you know they were calling all these people. Oh, I can't believe all these luddites are coming out oh, of the. Oh, oh, hang on. What about this one? Drinking from the Kool Aid. Uh, well, yeah, and you. And <laughs> what I a ripper kinda, that was. And I kind of go, why, why, why would you do that? Yeah. I don't because it impacts you, and it looks bad on you than anyone else. I, I and so sometimes I kind of go and I. I had actually drafted a response and I deleted it because I thought, you, went you know what, it's okay. The like therapy, you can have the, the com- therapy of just that. drafting that. The therapy <laughs> just, of drafting it would have just been enough. Now yeah, we're, we're I, running out of time, young lady. Oh no, the Jenko. I know we could talk to you for ages. <laughs> the Jenkos, she's just and, and for everyone, this is Nicole Jenkins, uh, Hub Marketing, but we call her Jenko. Um, Jenko, just your piece of advice though. I've got two questions to ask quickly of you. Um, piece of advice to dealing with hostile social media um, and because there'll be a lot of people who will be listening to this it'll be going you know I'm a little bit afraid to put my head above the parapet I'm a little bit afraid what people might say on social media if I am in traditional media what, what's your best advice there um, firstly you've you've got to have empathy for the other person yeah, first I, and foremost I love that if if you don't just don't respond. If it makes you that angry that you're going to respond angry, just don't. Good answer. You, you've got to have empathy and you've got to respect that someone is not going to um, believe what you're going to say. Mm. That's And that's totally cool. Um, so have empathy, um, but then always be measured and professional when you go back. Oh, content gold. But, it's wonderful. And give them a couple of goes. And if that doesn't work. Burn the bridge. And their ass. Like, <laughs> block them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've, just quickly, on the, on the whole trolling thing, yeah. the reason why trolls get traction is because people follow them yeah. just in case they say something <laughs> bad about them. Yeah, they get So they get, a big, they get a bigger audience. I, I go, nah. Not the, troll not, that just, not the troll that recently got involved with me. I wouldn't have a clue. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> they don't exist anymore. That's right. It's, it's, Thou shalt not speak their name again. That's right. Take that emotional baggage off your shoulders. What, what's the point? I don't yeah. understand. So, so block them. Give them a couple of goes. Block them. Yeah. Content gold there. I, I was going to ask a question, what advice you would give to an up-and-coming expert book. We're going to use that as your <laughs> questions. Hey, not a bad one, uh, Lana. Oh, I could sit here for ages talking to Nicole. We need another half an hour in any case. Yeah, we do. But this unfortunately, the show doesn't allow. We've got to go to oh, the news. All right. Um, I can come back. You can come back. That's true. <laughs> Chapter Nicole, two. Nicole Jenkins, how can people get in contact with you if they want to find out a bit more about you and The Hub? Uh, probably our website, yeah. um, thehub.net.au, T-H-E-H-U-B is the hub um, and yeah get send me an email send an email if you've got and any, CCI and CCI if you've got any CCI membership issues get through to Nicole straight to her <laughs> don't call no, me don't call <laughs> no mate great to have you in the uh, studio great to hear your views across that and great to see sort of also too what modern day marketing is doing uh, not just in the, the old formats of advertising etc using media as a whole and, and the, the Sheep Collective was a, a fantastic exercise to demonstrate that in the power of that it was it was simply outstanding well that's all we've got time for today thanks very much for joining the experts podcast please join us next week when we go and have a chat to another expert and if you'd like to know a little bit more go to mediastable.com.au have a great week everyone you have been listening to the experts podcast powered by media stable to get in touch with the team head to the media stable website mediastable.com.au